Welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast. I'm Christy Meyer, your host, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and plenty of books to keep your TBR piles toppling. So grab a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. Hello, my cozy friends. I am so excited to have you all joining us for what I'm sure is going to be a fabulous conversation with an author of a truly unique, romantic, and fun cozy mystery series, The Wit and Whiskers Mysteries. That's right, we have the trend-setting author, Gabby Allen, here with us today. So welcome to the show, Gabby. Well, thank you for having me. I very much appreciate it. How exciting. I love I love doing stuff like this. I love talking to people who, you know, really enjoy reading the cozies that are being written, but then also jumping in and wanting to talk about them. Right. Yeah, me too. I love nothing more than talking to people that love books, that love cozies, and I love talking to authors. So this is just going to be so much fun. Absolutely. And so your newest book, All That Glitters Isn't Old, like I said, such a fun cozy mystery. And Thank you. yeah, you've got just like this delightful cast of characters, charming uh-huh. setting. And so I'm wondering if you want to just like kick off the conversation today by telling our listeners what your book is all about. Oh, well, I don't want to do spoilers. So right. for the most part, the book, so this is the third in the series. Um, the first is Much Ado About Nauticaling. The second is Something Fishy This Way Comes. And the third is All That Glitters Isn't Old, which if, you know, if you're not getting the theme that I'm throwing down here, <laughs> where it's all Shakespeare. Um, because at one point she had gone to college, Wit had gone to college and had like a minor, I think is what I put her up with, in in literature. And Shakespeare was one of her favorite things. And so... I thought title-wise that would be a lot of fun. This is actually a series that I was asked kind of to write Uh um, as opposed to an organic one where I just wrote it because I already loved it and so then I sold it after. It was kind of a, well, give us a concept. We're looking for holiday type, like somewhere where you would vacation. And so originally it was like um, Arrowhead, which is in California. Mm I lived there for 15 years in California. And so then they're like, I thought, well, Lake Arrowhead's fun, but it's still kind of just a small town around a lake. And I'm not sure that I love that. And so I kept on thinking of where we might go. And then I totally remembered that we used to um, vacation on Catalina Island every once in a while. And I had actually flown over there in high school as like I've won an award or something and they flew me over there for burgers and I was like okay we can do that and I mean look we're talking an island that's I think it's seven miles and 3,500 people live on this island and that's it wow however hundreds of thousands of people visit every year and so I thought oh now now we could play with that and so it's Wit is living there now after having lived in Long Beach, um, which is where the boats come out of in California to go to Catalina. It's one of two ports that you can come from. And I just was absolutely excited about the fact that most people drive golf carts mm-hmm. um, because there's only so many cars allowed on the island. And there's like a 35-year wait list for putting a car on the island so everybody it has to be a certain size which i guess 
and this was very funny to me. I guess people have figured out that a Mini Cooper, if you uh-huh. take the bumpers off, is the same size as a golf cart. So they're putting, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're putting Mini Coopers over there. I was like, no, I don't want your Mini Cooper. I want my golf cart. Right. So I, you know, being the professional author that I am, I took one for the team and I went back to Catalina for the day. And I, I actually, <laughs> I stopped in to rent a golf cart because, you know, you need to research. That's what we were exactly. doing. And uh, I said, so at the counter, can I chirp the tires on this thing? And he's like, well, we'd really rather that you didn't. I said, all right, fine. Hypothetically speaking, can you chirp the tires on a golf cart? Uh-huh. And he said, not on takeoff. It doesn't have enough power, but if you slam the brakes on at the end, it will do the er, er, er sound. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, this is good because I'm writing murder mysteries that are going to happen on the island. And he said, murder mysteries on the like you're going to kill people in a book from the island and i was like yes and he said i have a list <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fantastic you do okay and so he sent me the list so i i am methodically working through um his list of people that he would like to see gone we won't name <laughs> him because i don't want to get him in trouble but catalina is a lot of fun it's a it's a completely different it's not mainland so mm-hmm. it's not like doing a coastal town um, because, you know, if you're in Atlantic City, you can drive right into Philadelphia. This is something where you have to take a boat there. Right. And so um, or a plane. Um, there is an airport. I believe it's called Airport in the Sky, if I remember correctly. And it is scary as anything because the runway ends at a cliff. And so if you if you Ooh. don't if you don't pick up your nose fast enough you're going to meet the ocean as opposed to the sky. Oh, so terrifying. I just thought, yeah. Well, and they also have Buffalo on the Island. Okay. Um, so in the, I think it was the 1940s, might've been the thirties. They did a Western movie over there and they brought Buffalo to make it more authentic. Uh-huh. And, and then they forgot to take them back with them. Oh no. <laughs> and, and so, so there are Buffalo over there, which, it just had so many characteristics that I love that give it that slight edge. It, Catalina cannot be any coastal town. It has to be very, everything is very Catalina. And so you asked what the book was about. Wit is there because her family has owned a glass bottom boat business mm-hmm. for years. And so if you don't know what a glass bottom boat is, that's, um, they take you, it's a 40 foot boat and they take you out onto the ocean and there's there's windows um in the bottom of the boat and so you can look down into you know see the different kinds of um marine life that are living under the ocean without actually having to get in the ocean and um, i just thought that was fascinating so while i was writing the first one i'm talking to people on the island i'm talking to the guy who actually runs the glass bottom boat business about where do your boats come from and stuff. And so ideas started churning. Yeah. And for the third one, I thought, okay, they have the Wrigley Mansion um, by the people who do Wrigley Gum. They put what they call the casino over there. Um, but instead of like slot machines, it's actually more of a kind of an art museum slash ballrooms. Mm-hmm. It's very tall. And so I thought, well, what if, what if, what if somebody died while we were doing some kind of movie viewing? And so 
all that glitters isn't old was born. Um, Goldie, who is the grandmother that yeah. everybody loves, which <laughs> I I adore that because she's actually my grandmother. Oh, so, okay. Who she passed away three years ago, but previous. She was still dancing for Arthur Murray Studio at 92. Wow, that's and amazing. She was, yeah, she was still competing. And wow. so, like, she was sauce. She was four foot ten of major sauce. And I just thought she needs to be in the book. So uh-huh. the first two have definitely had her in it. This one was more about they're going to a funeral. She is dragging wit with her. And when they get to the funeral, the son of the woman who is dead is somebody that Wit has never heard of and yet is very familiar with Goldie. Uh-huh. And then his partner gets killed in the theater and Goldie is absolutely determined that Wit will prove that it was not the guy that she knows who killed his partner, even though there's some twisty things going on that mm-hmm. makes us all kind of doubt that Goldie is not just snowed by the past and memories as opposed to who really done it. And so I'll leave you at that point because I feel like I don't want to ruin it too much. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Wit is one of my favorite characters. I actually have written 54 books, 56. Oh, my goodness. I think it's 56 now. And so she's three of my 56. But she will continue on. The next (laughs) one's going to be called The Taming of the Crew. Oh my gosh, I love that. You're, I love that your titles are punny on multiple oh. levels, like both the Shakespearean level, as well yeah. as like, you know, the Catalina Island, like sea setting and the boats yeah. and all of that. And it's just like such a fun series, such a charming setting. And Thank the you. romance is amazing. <laughs> amazing. And I love first, Felix. Yeah, he <laughs> is great. Uh, it's so swoony. And I have to say, the first time I ever heard the term Rom Cozy was in the synopsis for your book. So can yeah. you tell us how that term came about and what it means? Sure. I have been writing Rom Cozy since 2005. Okay. Um, I have always put romance in my cozies. Um, I actually started out writing, well, I actually started out intending to write romance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote a couple of romances um, and I like them, but I just, I do so much better when I'm killing someone on the page. <laughs> I, that's just how I roll, I guess. Usually it's my dentist and I, he knows that. <laughs> I'm like, fair. you're dead again. And he's like, you have a cavity. I'm like, yep, you're dying in the next book. So this last time, he said, you don't have any cavities. And I said, well, you don't have to die. And he's like, or you could take better care of your teeth. And I said, oh, you are dying. And this one's <laughs> going to be brutal. So exactly. watch for it. But um, I really, I enjoy writing cozy mysteries where the character is growing. I do like the ones, so, you know, let's date me right now. Murder, she wrote. Jessica Fletcher doesn't really change a whole lot throughout the entire series. And I think there's like 268 episodes or something like that and that's fine she's wonderful just the way she is although Mm -hmm. if she ever showed up in town i'm pretty sure the very first car out would be mine because being near her is like wearing a red shirt on star trek and so you know i but i wanted i love doing characters that grow and so when i was creating wit i was like okay she needs to have something we need to do something with her. How is she going to grow? And I definitely 
wanted. So her parents have been gone for years and years. She hasn't heard from them, which sneak peek book four brings back dad. Oh, interesting. Yes. But I, when I'm doing the mystery, one of the things that I love for a character who is going through either, you know, growing self-esteem, um, being comfortable with themselves, the Tally Graver series, she actually gets divorced and has to eat a ton of crow when she comes back home. These are things that I love. But if I can then also put a romance in there, mm-hmm. I just feel like romance to me is not necessarily finding your other half or you're someone who completes you it's somebody who compliments you right yeah and so it's one of those things that i'm like that's just one more thing and people now expect it and so which i love please do expect it i'm not (laughs) i'm not telling you not to (laughs) i want you to expect it in mind but the rom cozy came from trying to figure out some way to let people know that it is going to have a romance in it now they are closed door I, I don't, these are closed door. Long ago, and I'm actually reissuing these, Ivy Morris Mysteries under Misty Simon, uh-huh. um, those are definitely, definitely mexy. We don't leave the door open, but I close it like right before. As got opposed it, got it. To these have the door, you are there for the emotional part of mm-hmm. the romance journey. And I just, I love them. And I love being able to provide a really great um, mystery as well as a book boyfriend. Yeah. I, you can't go wrong with that. And so I kept on thinking, okay, there's rom-com. Rom-com, yes. And then, and then, but I write cozy. So rom-cozy? I was like, all right. <laughs> oh my gosh, so you came up with the term. Well, it was me and Kensington together. Okay. Um, but it is something, so I have used pieces of that. I've used romantic cozy. I've done rom-com cozies. Uh-huh. But our heads together, Kensington and myself came up with, like they sparked me into coming up with something that was shorter. Um, and so rom cozy was born. And it's really funny that you say that's the first time that you saw it because there's on a crime read, I think it was crime read, there's a, or no, book riot there was an article that someone did and they did research and i guess my website was the first time they ever saw Mm -hmm. using that title and then it kind of took off and i was like so like i i made up like a term yeah (laughs) i was not aware of that yeah you invented the term that's so cool i hope they stay around i think that people i go back and forth on this i believe that the traditional cozy mystery i love them don't get me wrong, totally love them. Does not have to have a romance. I love the characters. I love the community that's being built. I love them and their aunts and uncles and friends and all that kind of stuff. I do think that there are a lot of people writing those. And I do think that there is room for something that's a little off center from a traditional cozy mystery. Um, And so I, I love that this is the direction that people are excited to have come up and excited to to follow along with you know i mean i have a lot of people who are like i want a felix and i was like yeah well good luck finding one but right <laughs> they're out there i promise i'm married to one 26 oh, i years love later. that i like it because a lot of times in if you read romance 
a lot of times a romance is going to challenge the heroine to look inside and why she doesn't trust. And so whatever her issue is, somehow in there she needs to get through what she's doing. And so as much as I definitely enjoy doing the justice aspect of the cozy mystery, I also really like having her have to go through it to get what she really wants mm-hmm. um, and grow as an individual. It doesn't have to be a romance. Mine just tend to take that route and I, I adore them. So I love that people are reading them and loving them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do think there's just like such a wide range of tones in the cozy mystery genre so to be able to like say that this is a rom cozy I feel like it helps to set the reader's expectations about the type of book that they're getting into and where so many of us are such big mood readers these days Mm -hmm. it's very very helpful so I think it's very smart um, like from a marketing perspective and it's it's very appreciated by readers as well well and I think you know you most cozy mysteries to some extent are funny um, they, because you are dealing with a very big subject. I mean, let's be honest, you've just killed someone mm-hmm. and now you have to figure out who killed them, why they killed them and sometimes how they killed them. So it, there's, it's not necessarily a light subject, but I think it is handled in a lighter aspect than a rom, a romantic right. suspense or a thriller or a straight on mystery, noir, that kind of thing. Like there are a bunch of different ways that you can go and rom cozy to me immediately tells you it's going to be funny it's going to have a romance and it's going to be cozy in the murder aspect and you're right you know i mean i've read books before that i thought they were one thing and so my reader expectation going in was i am going to be scared out of my mind right and yet i'm laughing and that's okay but i i start feeling like i'm missing something until I look at, you know, maybe the blurb again, and I realize that it actually was supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know that. And so I feel like that just for, because you would be able to see it, but your your listeners won't. My shirt right now says, my soul was removed to make room for all the sarcasm. <laughs> I love that. And I think, you know, what I when someone says something like I went to the doctor today and the woman up front was like, Oh my God, I love your shirt. And I was like, thank you. I feel like people should know before they approach me, what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> and <laughs> because got to set the expectation. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And so with the rom cozy, I think it does the same thing. As you said, you know, if you're having a moment and you really just want to be whisked away into something that's going to make you perhaps snort tea out of your nose, which I have been accused of, And I do not ever apologize for that. You're going to pick this up as opposed to a day where you just want something that's a little more serious. Right. Or something that's, you know, going to scare you because you you want to forget about whatever is going on. You want to be on the edge of your seat, absolutely sucked in to a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are murder mysteries, but they're kind of for the days, I think, sometimes when you need to be lifted. Um, because I know for a fact I've had a lot of reviews slash readers say the banter. I can't take it. And I'm like, I know. Neither can I. You should see me writing this stuff. <laughs> I'm cracking up going, oh, my gosh. I, are you really going to leave that in there? Yep, yep, you are. You are, aren't you? <laughs> so, but I, you know, I, I come from a family who generally tends to deal with 
um, bad things happening with laughter. Mm-hmm. because it's that or, you know, find yourself rocking in a corner, sucking your thumb, which I can't say I've never had that experience. But for the most part, we try for the, all right, what are we learning out of this and how can we make it into something that is not as scary? Right. Um, and so that's what I bring to the wrong cozy. You're going to get the cozy. You're also going to get the wrong calm aspect of it. Um, I don't necessarily follow the arc of a regular rom-com a lot of rom-coms have to do with mistaken identity like things where you think she's high class lady but she's actually the maid or mm-hmm. you're hiding like monster-in-law where you know you you know that your mom does not like the bride but we have to figure out so th- that's not really the aspect that i'm going for so much as just a funnier lighter let's watch wit snub- stumble along in this and hope that she comes out the other side and that she keeps Felix because Felix, Felix has his own part in there. You know, he Mm -hmm. really, there are some things that she does that he could absolutely walk away from. And I, I think he's too committed for that. I mean, he moved to the Island because she was moving to the Island. And in the first book, she has no idea that he's there Mm -hmm. until a dead body shows up and she looks up and she watches him walk because he's a scuba diver she watches him walk down the the planking and she takes off because she's like, oh, no, 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 right. no, no, we're not doing this. We are not <laughs> doing this. And yet here we are doing it. Sorry about Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think it adds an aspect to that. Some people really enjoy watching other people fall in love because it's a it's a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really are rooting for her to get herself together in order to understand what Felix has to offer Definitely. Um, and then what she also has to offer him yeah so, yeah they're a I, lot of fun I agree I was rooting for them the the whole time I am continuing to yeah. to root for them and I do yeah. just think you managed to like you're juggling so many things right with the the romance <laughs> the mystery the subplots the character development so how do you as the author while you're writing the book kind of keep track and balance the romantic elements with those mystery elements to start with I actually do what's called a mind map I get 18 by 24 artist paper and in the middle is who's dead. And mm-hmm. then the um, reporter questions who, what, why, when, where, how. And then I have a red herring line for like, who am I going to try to misdirect you with? And then I have a romance line. And I, I generally start with whatever, wherever they were in the last book. How can I make them stumble in this book? And I try to make it so that it is interwoven with whatever is going on in the mystery. So in the third one, All That Glitters is an Old, you have a lot of relationship stuff coming up. In the second one, it was kind of based on the Montagues and the Capulets from Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of family angst. So I try to kind of highlight in the romance something that also speaks to the mystery that we're solving, what the clues that she's finding, the scenarios that she is getting stuck in are highlighting things in the romance that maybe she needs to look at for herself. So I do definitely, I think about that ahead of time. It's not, I am not a seat of your pants writer. Right. At, like at all. That's, that would be death to me. I've tried. <laughs> 
I've tried and it was horrendous. And so I, I do make a very large extensive mind map and then I take that and I put it into a timeline. The timeline is just like guideposts for me to say, hey, don't forget to do this. And if I do get off on like a rabbit trail, it brings me back to what I wanted to do. But I do kind of list out, okay, she's going to find this clue. And then this has to happen with Felix. And then this happens in the mystery. And then this happens to her. And maybe she'll go to Felix. And so kind of running them on the parallel, but also Mm -hmm. having them intersect and then deviate and, you know, her talking to him him trying really hard to be a part of what to the extent that she's okay with, but also valuing himself Uh Um, because I don't want him to just be there no matter what she does. She too has to make an effort in this. And I, I love watching her grow in the efforts. I mean, seeing them clash, but also be able to figure it out and him calling her on the carpet for certain Mm -hmm. things That because so she has her grandparents who have an amazing marriage, but then she has her parents that stopgap in between that she doesn't have much to go on. And she doesn't necessarily think that she's good at relationships. And so Felix is there to kind of show her that she is absolutely wrong and she needs to get she needs to get out of her own head and she needs to get into the relationship. So I'm enjoying that aspect of it. It's a little more that I've done in previous books. That's not true entirely. The Ivy Morris mysteries definitely have that aspect. Those are written in 2005, I think, Uh through 2009. Tally Graver, she definitely has things to work through, but she's more of like her own stuff to work through. And Max is just there helping out. Uh Um, I did Adventures in Ghost Sitting. Mel has her own stuff, but Becker, who is her counterpart, he is always there. He's in whatever she's into. Wit and Whiskers with Felix, it's it's definitely more, I don't want to use the word angst because I, I don't think it's angsty, but it's definitely more push and pull. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. It's yeah. more push and pull with them. And I very much enjoyed that, which has then sparked a new idea that I want to write that will involve a woman who does trash removal, not trash removal, but like cleaning out hoarders houses. She's a professional. Yes. She, her company is going to be called the trash fairy and she is going to get into some serious trouble and I'm excited to put her there. Oh, I can only imagine like what kind of things a a sleuth could find in a hoarder's house. Like Like another dead body. Right. (laughs) So the first one I think is going to be called in a heap of trouble. The second one, I think I'm going to make her take some dance lessons and I think I'm going to call it just because you can, can. (laughs) <laughs> and then the third one will be bin misbehaving b-i-n right so oh my gosh. i here's my thing i love titles titles uh-huh. are title is actually where i start so i need a title before i can even do the mind map that's so Be- interesting i've never heard an author of, say that yeah there are a lot of people who don't operate that way and i will say that out of 56 books i have never been asked to change a title well, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. You're you're kind of a queen <laughs> at it. Like I, I'm impressed just hearing you talk about these titles They're and fun. the way that you I come love. up with them. Yeah, well, so Adventures in Ghost Sitting, she's a, she owns a junkyard, uh-huh. and everything in the junkyard has a ghost attached to it, and they're all uh-huh. very badly behaved. Uh-huh. But she loves the '80s, and her mom passed away when she was in the '80s, and she put herself into a Victrola. Mm-hmm. And so when she wants her mom to stop talking, she lifts the needle off the record. 
Oh my goodness, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, so all of the titles have to do with 80s things. Right, right. So, so Adventures in Babysitting. Itself, there you go. And then there's Desperately Seeking Salvage, Don't Dream It's Rover, I Wear My Ghost Goggles at Night, Every oh Death gosh. Um, ghouls just want to have fun. And so like, I'm always, once I have the title, I know what I'm writing towards. So all that glitters isn't old. It had to do with movies in some way. Mm -hmm. And it had to do with old relationships. It was going to involve something where Goldie, who is sparkly. Yes. Was definitely going to have to go through something. And so that's where I start building my story. Much Ado About Nauticaling was definitely had to do with boating in some aspect. And then it was going to have to be somebody who, who had a big ego and a big presence within town. Something Fishy This Way Comes had to do with there's something going on underneath that's been going on underneath for a very long time and it's about to erupt. Uh -huh. So what, where does that fit in? And so like the, you know, the Tally Graver, the, the one that I just put out is called Par for the Hearse and it involves a miniature golf course and dead people. That's so great. It's so great because it's like they're they're like double puns in, in yes. every title. It's so wonderful. Even my romances are like that. Um, I had What's Life Without the Sprinkles. Uh huh. Um, and Go Ahead Make My Bouquet. She Cute. was a she was a um a florist, and so just you know I I enjoy the titles very much and. I, I think then that people talk about them because they like the title and then they'll try it out because it's, you know, intriguing enough mm -hmm. that they're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. Oh, come on over. I'll show you. Oh, let's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, titles me sell books. Like titles absolutely sell books and especially absolutely. in the cozy mystery space. Yes. And cozy mystery is all about the pun. Mm -hmm. I have not. I'm trying to think. I don't think I actually have a title that involves death. Really, other than some of the 80s ones, uh -huh. I don't think I have one that's got death or killer or anything like that. I have, you know, grounds for remorse, deceased and desist, varnished without a trace, which was really funny because I could have sworn I was like, I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to look for this because I really want to bean somebody with a can of varnish from <laughs> the local. I know, right? Don't, 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 don't take me. Too seriously? Not actually. <laughs> just want to theoretically what would happen if. And um, I just thought, surely it's going to be there. Not a single person had ever used that title. I'm like, oh my gosh, come on. Vanished without a trace. Varnished without a trace. Right. Right there. How can you not do that? Right. So that's the other thing is that I do check the titles. And as far as I know, I only have two titles that are at, at that have ever been duplicated. And the one was Deceased and Desist, and that's because her book came out three months before mine did. And oh, I was like, Gah! so close, yeah. Oh, man. And then Poison Ivy, I mean, that was that was the first book I ever published, and I, I didn't know anything. I don't even think I looked. I just knew that my character's name was Ivy, and someone was going to try to poison her. Uh -huh. So let's just make it Poison Ivy. Right, there you right. go. <laughs> 
I know. And now look at your your evolution as a, an yeah. author who creates titles now. <laughs> oh, I know. And apparently catchphrases. So, right. you know, I've got the wrong cozy. I have the title queen. Let's go. Yeah. So I do actually help other people with titles, too. I will have people who are like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, so tell me a little more. Okay, so what about? And they're like, oh, my God, I love that. And That's I'm like, okay, so awesome. go run and write it. So I just, I think it speaks, at least to me, the title speaks to what the book is going to be about. Don't mm -hmm. write me a book called Run Baby Run and the person never leaves their house. Right, right. Like there should be, they should have something to do. Grounds for remorse is, you know, grounds for divorce. And she runs a coffee shop called The Bean There Done That. So you've got the grounds of coffee and then you have the grounds for divorce because the guy who is dead is actually married, even though he said he wasn't. And so, you know, I, like you said, they, they do sometimes triple duty, but definitely double duty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh, it's so fun to like get a, a glimpse into your writing processes. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, and I am curious because cozies are just like such a niche genre. So mm -hmm. how did you get into writing cozies? Mm. So I did, like I said, I started out thinking I was going to write romances. Uh huh. Um, but I also grew up with watching Murder She Wrote, Perry Mason, yeah, The Rockford Files, all of that kind of stuff, and. The idea while I was trying to write a romance, the idea of, well, what would happen if someone died at a Halloween party and my aunt was living in Virginia at the time? And I loved that area, but it is very much one of the areas that if your family has not been there for 300 years, you do not exist. Right. And so I thought, what if I throw somebody in there who has no real self-esteem and somehow she has to fight her way through already not being accepted right? because her family hasn't been there for 300 years, but also not entirely comfortable with herself. And Ivy Morris was born and I just thought, oh, I'll just do these until I can sell to Harlequin for my romances. Mm -hmm. And the more I wrote them, the more I was like, yeah, I think at some point you're going to have to really admit that this is actually what you do really right. well. And uh, stick with that because I do write very, I have a lot of humor. Um, Harlequin was at the time, they had some lines that liked humor, but not necessarily my snarky humor. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the snarky humor. I can't, I can't let it go. And sarcasm, as I said earlier, my soul was removed to make room for all the sarcasm. I feel like it's a gift <laughs> and it needs to be used appropriately right, exactly, <laughs> or inappropriately. It really depends on <laughs> what side you're coming from. So, and, and I didn't really realize that I had written a cozy mystery. To me, I just wrote a romantic mystery. I, uh -huh. I, that was it, you know, and I, and then I moved over into trying to write more romances. But then I also stayed in the paranormal with the adventures in ghost sitting. And those were all mysteries, but they had to do with why is this particular ghost not able to cross over or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was always there. And then I was at a conference and I met an editor from Kensington and she was saying, I really, really, really want somebody to write sexy mysteries. Uh huh. And I was like, stop where you are. <laughs> Sit down. Say less. Us, 
<laughs> yes. Let us talk about the fact that I've been writing these for 10 years uh -huh. and I cannot get anybody to buy them because the traditional cozy does not want any romance. Right. And so I didn't, Tally is not sexy, but it definitely has innuendo in it and that kind of thing. And people, people have loved them. Not everybody does. And, and as I've said at many a bookstore, many of an event, do not take them if you don't think you're going to like them. Please, let me tell you who you should read instead, because ultimately, I want you to love my book. Right. And if I, if you do not like, there are certain things that, that certain traditional cozy mystery readers do not like. A book will absolutely make a dent in the far wall across the room for some people <laughs> if you use the Lord's name in vain. Mm -hmm. If you swear, there are a lot of people out there writing ones that do not take the Lord's name in vain, that do not swear. I don't tend to do a lot of Lord's name intaking. However, there is some swearing because I really struggle with, look, if I've got a cop and things are going really bad right. and he looks at the heroine and says, you're a real pain in my hiney. And I'm like, oh, no, it's no, I think authentic. I need, I need <laughs> yeah, I need to use a different word. And so like I stay away from like the F word and stuff for the most part. But every once in a while, there needs to be something that's four letters. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the Ivy Morris mystery series, I do have her working on not swearing so much. So she's coming up with different words to replace that. swear words, which <laughs> that was a lot of fun because I was like, All right, well, what can I do? I need the D word. So I, I need the. We're not going to the right place word that starts with an H. What else can I do? And so, you know, that challenged me, which I enjoyed immensely. But yeah, when I'm at book conventions, I do tend to be a little, I'm considered a little more fringe as far as having the romance in there and also being more realistic in, you know, situations and relationships and speaking and so there are some people who are like I love that I love that and I'm like well then I am here for you mm -hmm. if you don't love that go ahead to the lady right next to me because she writes these amazing mysteries that you are going to love mm -hmm. I just want people reading the things that they want to read yeah. and if they take a chance on me then I am super excited about that um, but I also want them to love whatever they're buying because people have limited budgets you yeah. know I don't want you to buy something that you in the end think eh Oh, that's a, although I will say I have heard this is just through the grapevine that if you talk to me or listen to me talk and then you read one of my books I am unfortunately in your head so <laughs> I, I will, I'll apologize for that ahead of time yeah because I write books so you want another little sneak peek here you go I write books like you and I are sitting at Starbucks and I'm like oh my gosh Chrissy let me tell you what happened last week. <laughs> and so that's the voice that I use. Right. Is my, the, my voice is very casual and very informal. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get very caught up in that because I do sound exactly like I write, which some people are like, you can't. I'm like, oh no, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, you Sorry. have a strong writing voice. And <laughs> like for me personally, I enjoy that in the books that I read. Yeah, me too. And I, I want to want to be friends with the people who are in the book maybe not while they're in the middle of a murder investigation but like afterwards if uh -huh. you want to tell me about it I would love to sit with somebody who is that spunky and that like yeah well I'm waiting in because my brother is not going to be the one who's taken down for this no matter right. what it, no matter if he's an idiot or, or not I still know <laughs> he didn't do it you know and so that's that's one of the things that I enjoy too is that they can be conversational um, in a way that a lot of other genres cannot. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're working with romance, you can do them conversationally, I think, if you're doing like a rom-com. Um, but as far as like romantic suspense and that kind of thing, those are not conversational. Thrillers are not, they don't tend to be conversational because you're looking to keep people on the edge of their seat. Mm-hmm. I am just looking really to entertain you. Right. Um, but it's interesting. I'll tell you a little story. So when I write these, my sole purpose is to take you away like Calgon from back in the 80s, which is, you know, it was a bath salt. It was a bath bubble bath thing. So Calgon takes you away. And so I've always said, you know, I'm like Calgon, which I'm only in my 40s, but I I had to watch a lot of soap operas with my mother's. Gotcha. They're called her stories. Uh-huh. So I saw all of the commercials for, you know, this dish detergent and things that bath salts and whatnot. And so my purpose is always to entertain. If you get something more out of it, that's totally up to you. I mean, I have had people read Ivy Morris series and come up to me and say, because Ivy is a heavier girl. I've never been thin in my life and I'm absolutely fine with that. But she said, this really gives me hope that I I don't have to just settle for anybody who's interested in me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please don't ever settle. Don't do that. Right. And so it was, it's fabulous because she stays heavy the entire series. She never... The losing weight is not something that she is trying to do. She's healthy and that's enough. So I don't go into the storytelling with that aspect. However, on the Tally Griever Mysteries, I got an email from a guy and I was so happy it was an email and he didn't say this to my face because I would have cried. And he's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that my dad and I are reading your Tally Griever series together. And I'm thinking, aww. Right. He said, he said, he's really struggling with Alzheimer's right now. And I'm thinking, oh gosh. And then he said, so when he's having a really bad day, we actually drive around to all the places that you mentioned in the books because right now it's the only thing he remembers. Oh my goodness. Wow. I cried like I don't think I have cried in a really long time. Yeah. And I thought, you know, people come to reading for a lot of different reasons. You saying uh, reading per your mood. There are a lot of reasons that people come to writing. Mine is to entertain, but I am certainly not going to be upset other than feeling bad that your dad is in that position, that my books have provided some kind of respite for you. Oh, yeah. That, that's just, I mean, that is the ultimate compliment to me. It is. That they have helped you get through something. Absolutely. I have had people who are like, this makes me feel like, like I should like myself more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think that that would be a fabulous idea. Let's do that, shall we? Exactly. You know? And so if you can do that or if you do get that from them, more power to you. If you just read them because you really want something that's going to make you snort tea out of your nose, I'm not going to give you side eye for that either. Either way. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's it's amazing how deep of an impact books can have on people. Yes. And I feel like cozy mysteries are kind of like looked down on by some people in literary circles. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you hear stories like this and it's just like all stories are valid. And if they mean yeah. something to someone, that's all that matters. Even if the author didn't intend for it to mean exactly what you took out of right. it. I think that, so to me, everybody has what I call a filter and it's, it's all this webbing of all the things that have happened in your life. Mm-hmm. And you and I would respond very differently to somebody knocking on the front door. 
Right. So if, if somebody knocks on my front door, I might be like, uh, who are you and why are you coming to my front door? And I might try to peek out. Some people are going to whip that door open because that's just who they are. You are going to do what you what is part of your filter. And so every story goes through that filter. If you read a story about a woman who owns a bed and breakfast and you that's your dream come true, you're going to read that story differently than somebody who's like, I would not want to have to deal with customers like that. I really like my job as an accountant. Uh-huh. But they'll, the accountant will still very much enjoy the story. They'll just enjoy it in a different way. Exactly. And, you know, I'm on board for that. I've had people say, I can't believe how you brought Catalina alive. Like, I really feel like I can feel the breeze coming in. And I was like, absolutely. That's one of the setting is one of my things. And character relationships, realistic. Nobody is perfect. And I like writing completely imperfect heroines. Mm -hmm. I love writing people who are trying their best to do their best with what they have you know i actually have a i have a a series called magically suspicious and um it's set at a ren fair and it's instead of the island of misfit toys it's the ren fair of misfit paranormals i love that so it's every single person in there cannot do the one thing they were born to do oh wow and so they all have to figure out well what do i do instead Mm-hmm. And how do I let go of what my own expectations plus my family's expectations of what I would be able to do and embrace what I can do instead? And it's been fabulous. I, I love it. Like it's And they're funny. People are cracking up at them. And I'm like, yeah, did you get the, did you get the, the level down? And they're like, I did. Thank you very much. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Just wanted to make sure. And some people don't. Some people are like, these were hysterical and I'm like, that is awesome. I'm glad that you got enjoyment out of them. Read the next one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, that's just, I think sometimes people, authors especially, well, no, not authors especially, people in general, they will look for their flaws and try to fix them. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are some flaws that definitely can benefit from being aware of them and doing your best to not hurt other people with them if it's a flaw that hurts other people. Right. Sometimes, though, I think you just need to look at it as just who you are and how do you make the best of who you are? What are your strengths? Because you could take a thousand classes and you could learn a million ways to do goal motivation and conflict. What's the best way to use the mirror moment? How should I end it? Do I want a circular story? You could cram your head with a a hundred books on how to write and you could improve all the things that you think are bad, but sometimes that ruins your voice Mm -hmm. because you are coming at it in an inauthentic way and trying to make it perfect instead of making it you. Right. And I do think that that is definitely one of my strengths is that these books are all me and every single heroine in some way, shape or form is an aspect of myself. And usually it's something that I am working through. Like, all right, well, how do you do that? How would you do that? And so I get to send somebody else through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and learn, and yeah. learn from there, you know. Plus, I do enjoy it. I went, because the one series is actually set here in the town that I live in. I don't call it the town that I live in because I don't want to get in trouble for killing everybody here. <laughs> Nor do I want the cops to come to me first if something bad happens. 
But there were certain aspects because she's divorced. I'm not. I've never been divorced. I've been married to the same guy for 26 years. Uh Um, But I really enjoyed the thought of, but what would you do if? And then kind of taking a part of my personality with what do you do when you've been away from a group of people for a really long time and you come back and they have all these memories without you? Because I moved from Pennsylvania to California for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I, my life in Pennsylvania stopped at 13 and everybody else has continued. Right. So when we moved back to Pennsylvania, I am still friends with a lot of the people, but I missed 15 years in there. Mm-hmm. And they have all of these memories together and all of these Christmases and going to college together and stuff that I, I don't have any part of those memories. And so I thought, well, what would I do? What would you do if you were coming back? And like, how could that work? And I've had a lot of people who say, I can't tell you how much I relate to Tally. I'm not really sure why, but I do. And the same thing with wit, you know, I mean, if you have parents or family that has not really stood the test of time and you're trying to you you were trying to do the right thing by working at the railroad and living in a small apartment in Long Beach and being an adult. And then you realize how much you miss still being an adult, but in a much freer atmosphere of living on an island, driving a golf cart and running around on a glass bottom boat. And some people have said, this is like, this is like me reading a dream. Yeah. And I was like, well, then, you know, the next one will come out soon. I'm sorry, like, when is the next one? And I'm like, I'm working on it. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Right. Settle oh my down. goodness. I... It is funny though. Cause I have people who will like, there, there's like six different series and there's always somebody who's like, this one's my favorite. When are you writing more of those? And I'm like, that one's, over and they're like no it's not (laughs) (laughs) they're like no we want more (laughs) yes and i'm like well i can only do so much um but i you know i very much enjoy that and i i love to being able to touch people's lives that i will probably never meet Mm -hmm. yeah that's so cool that's what books do you know because so and so tells their aunt who tells their mom who tells their best friend you should read this book. I'm never probably going to meet that person. They could be in the middle of Ohio or Illinois and I get an email and I'm like, oh, well, okay. Or I don't get an email. And then somebody says, oh, I caught your book from this person. Like, I have no idea who that is, you know? And (laughs) and so uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, But it's really cool to think about being able to even just entertain somebody for an afternoon and I will have never met them, but somehow we connected. That's so cool. I have to say that I really love the way that you're bringing like what feel like fresh new ideas and themes and tones into the genre. But you do have one thing that uh, the more classic cozy mysteries have, and that's a cozy companion. Yes. And I love your cozy companion. So tell us about Whiskers and if you yourself are a cat person or a dog person. So Whiskers is a pain in the rear end because that has always been my experience with cats. I love them. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) We don't have any. Um, because my daughter is allergic to cats. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know. I know. We did end up having hypoallergenic dogs oh, nice. for a little while. 
And I was told that there were hyperallergenic cats. And I'm like, do you mean the naked ones? Because I don't want a naked cat. I'm sorry. They're beautiful. <laughs> right. But I don't want a naked cat. Um, I love cats because they have a whole lot of personality all on their own. And I used to have, so when I was 13, 14, I think, I had a cat named Mistletoe, um, an orange and white striped. And then when my daughter was two, we got um, two brothers from the animal, the um, animal shelter. Mm -hmm. And I unfortunately let her name them. And so the one was one was orange and white striped. The other one was black and gray. And the orange and white was T. And I was like, what? Oh, right. That's what you say for kitty is T. Oh, uh-huh. And so I was like, OK, well, what's the other one she's already naming? She's like, it's me. And there I said, go. oh, because that's what she called herself, because that's a hard concept to explain to children is that, yes, you're me, but you also have a name and you're also my kid and I'm uh-huh. your mom, but I'm also. Then so, uh, so we had tea and me for years. That's so cute. <laughs> I like, love that story. Oh, okay. We can do this. And so I've really enjoyed writing, writing them because I get to then live with them for 60 to 70,000 words. <laughs> right. And I, don't have to clean up after them. That's a good point. In my imagination, as I've said uh, before, not during this podcast, but in other um, conversations, I've said, you know, murder mysteries can be a really great way to do therapy for a lot less money. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, you're irritated with your boss. You know what can happen. And if you want a cat, but you can't have a cat, you can read about a cat. You can write about a cat. The cat is almost like it's there in the Tally Graver mystery series. She has a cat also. His name is Mr. Fleefers, and he is horrendous. He is a piece of work. But <laughs> Whiskers is my chonky girl, and I, I really enjoyed the opening in in book three where she just refused to get off the clothes <laughs> I, just, I was <laughs> right. like that is so typical cat thing you it know and the claws come out but they don't use them they're just letting you know that they are aware that they have them and if you misstep there will be consequences <laughs> watch yourself yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so I really do like that plus I think you know wit has somebody to talk to who's not going to talk back um, and so sometimes there are conversations with Whiskers that maybe don't happen with Maribel or Felix or Goldie or Pops just because she needs to unload. And cats, even if they're strolling away from you, they're still listening. Exactly. They they don't have a choice sometimes. <laughs> if you want the can to open at five o'clock, I suggest you listen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so great. Plus, there's Joan Wilder, you know, from Romancing the Stone. I always love. Mm-hmm. When she is bawling her eyes out, she's finished the story and she's desperately looking for a very fancy, you know, plate to put the cat food, to empty the cat food can on to celebrate. And I was like that right there. And I've done, I have a two different series with dogs and they're, they're very fun, but they're just, it's a different, it's a different aspect to have a cat than it is to have a dog. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, whole different vibe. Like I, I personally, uh, as a human, I prefer 
dogs, but Mm -hmm. in books, I slightly prefer cats because they just have that, like, kind of, like, snarky, funny, like, I don't care what you think personality that just, it works so well, especially in mysteries. It just works so well. Well, and I think, you know, dogs in books, I don't think I'd be as ta- as tolerant of a snarky dog. Right. You know, as I am work. a snarky cat. It just doesn't. You know, if you had a, if you had a, I mean, I guess you could maybe do a chihuahua or something like that. But sure. I mean, even if you had a chihuahua who like gives you side eye and runs away, I just prefer <laughs> that, that in a cat. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Apparently they have, they're different, they're different parameters. Mm-hmm. for cats versus dogs and I mean dogs can be silly and dogs can you know give you grins and they can be all over the place but I we've had dogs like I said and um those were far more like in your lap all the time and cannot move around the kitchen because they're standing right there hoping against all hope that you're going to drop one piece of something on the floor which cats are a little more standoffish Mm-hmm. Um, at least it, cats that I have owned were yeah. a little more standoffish. And I think that lends itself well to your sleuth because it does actually parallel in the book because a lot of times the cops are standoffish. She's being told not to do this, not to do that. Don't look into this. We don't need your help with this. And then she comes home and tries to tell the cat and the cat's like lifting its tail and walking into the other room. And right. she's like... Could one person listen to me? Please? Exactly. So it, exactly. it kind of lends itself to just being a another device within the book to bring you in and be rooting for for the main the main character who's just really trying hard not to die mm-hmm. and preferably to figure out who done it before that even becomes an issue. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And Whiskers, like I said, so great. And another one of your (laughs) characters that I thought was so great is Goldie. Like she is just one of the most dynamic characters I've read. She stills the show. Like anytime she's on the page, it's just like, it is the Goldie show. So (laughs) tell our listeners about Goldie and a little bit more about what she's up to in this latest installment. Sure. So Goldie, she will never be grandma. She just does not want to be called that, I, I think. Right. I haven't completely explored why that is. Um, I think she just has a different view of what she is and what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she is very much her own person. She is very much a very big personality, which I think plays well with wit because wit is to some extent a people pleaser right she um and i think but goldie loves her more than anything in the whole wide world and i think goldie wants for her the very best um but she goldie also knows what she wants and if it interferes with what she wants you might as well just stop because mm-hmm. Goldie, no matter how short she is and no matter how little she is, she will win. That's just oh, yeah. all there is. And so I, I think, you know, in this one, Goldie had dated somebody um, years and years ago before Pop who was not going to be very well accepted in the island community because he was gay. And mm-hmm. so back 50 years ago, if you were gay, some men would choose to 
date somebody that was safe for them to like hide. And so Goldie was his fake girlfriend so that until he could get off the island and go live his own life. Mm -hmm. And so he holds a very special place in her heart, similar to what happens when you move away and everybody still has a life. He left, but Goldie's, he's always been that person for her. He is whoever left 50 years ago. And so in her pursuit of justice, because it can't be the Darren that left 50 years ago, she's kind of not willing to look at the fact that a lot can happen in 50 years. Mm -hmm. And just because he wasn't like that 50 years ago does not mean he's not like that now. And so it was, it was very interesting to explore what are your preconceived notions and what is the line that has to be crossed before you realize that maybe you're giving somebody more credit than is due them. Mm -hmm. And so it it was interesting. And I, I really enjoy, I think Goldie is also one of the things that I enjoy about her is that she's pushing wit to be her best, just maybe not in a way that wit would like to be pushed. Right. So I think wit sometimes would like to be mothered. And I think she, because she didn't really get a lot of that. Um, she did from Goldie, but it wasn't her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she will do almost anything for Goldie. She will do anything for Goldie, even, even things that she is fully aware she should not right She's still gonna do them because it's goldie but goldie alternately is excited that wit will do anything because she still wants what she wants but on the other hand i think sometimes she pushes wit to see well where is your line because you got to draw it a lot faster than you are with me mm-hmm. because if you don't you're not going to survive out in the big wide world and so i i've really found it um very energizing and very exciting to kind of deal with that kind of relationship between two women where there's a lot going on in there and you know goldie wants the best for wit she also wants what she wants so that kind of person tends to have a couple of different responses when it comes to things she wants what's best for wit but she wants wit to want what's best for wit too Mm mm-hmm so, but sometimes Goldie thinks that she knows what's best and therefore <laughs> you should not fight her ever. <laughs> yeah, that's, absolutely. That's my four foot ten grandma. Her name was Letitia and she, she would introduce herself um, as my name is Tish and I'm a cougar. And I was like, I don't think anybody <laughs> needs to know that in your second line of dialogue. Can we not? Because my my grandfather passed away, I think, 20 years ago Uh and um, about 15, 16 years ago, she had started dating somebody who was uh, 68 to her 88. Wow. And to her, she's a cougar. Right. And she she owned it. Oh, she would have had license plates made if she could (laughs) have. She's... I was surprised she didn't get stickers or like a name badge or something. And she's, she was very showy, but she also gave the best hugs in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you needed somebody to listen to you, she would sit there. She actually bought every single book I had ever written and never read a single one. 
Oh, that's adorable. She just wasn't a reader. Right. And so I signed every single one of them. And she's like, now is this one I could read? And this was one of the romances. And I was like, I don't know about that. And she's like, <laughs> well, why don't you just black out everything I can't read? And then she <laughs> right. laughed and she said, oh, <laughs> that would only leave the chapter heading. And I was like, nicely done. All right, fine. Thank you so much for just smacking me right there. I called her Gam. Her uh-huh. name was Gamar or Gam. She was not Grammy or anything like that. And then Pops is actually my grandfather. And he did in if you want another little inside piece, those treasure maps are real. Oh wow. So okay. my grandfather used to make treasure maps because my cousin, who is five years older than I am, was very, very rambunctious and could not sit still. And so he would draw these maps out and he would burn the edges with a match. He would put them into a glass bottle and he would stick them in the surf. And he, my cousin would find the treasure map and then they would go off on a day to find a matchbox car in some scrub somewhere put into a wooden box. That's so interesting. Like I, I yeah. love the treasure map element yeah. in the story and i have to say i i feel like as i'm speaking to authors and i'm talking about oh this character was so great i love them i so frequently have authors say oh they were inspired by this very real person that was yeah. in my life like these these characters that are jumping off the pages are so yeah. often people people who were really in the author's lives and i think that's so neat to me, it's a it's a way of honoring. Mm-hmm. I will say, however, that Goldie was my grandmother in the first one, and then she grew into her own person. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the Goldie now definitely has pieces of my grandmother, but when I when I sit down and write her, she is her own person. She is not my grandmother in my right. head. She is she is Goldie. I mean, and that's <laughs> one of the things that I love about writing is that for as much as these characters live for the reader, they are like a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And they really do come alive. I mean, yeah. I know some authors will say, oh, the character wrote the story for me. And I don't, I won't lie. I wish that happened for me. That's not <laughs> actually how it works. I put them in a specific situation, but then I know who they are enough that they will react in a way that sometimes I'm like, oh, now why did we do that? Because that's not actually who I thought you were. But then I let them grow. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's just part of the storytelling aspect of writing um, books. But when it comes down to it, a lot of times, at least for me, they start off as a shadow or a facet of somebody I know, which makes them come alive. Mm-hmm. because I know that person but then they do grow into their own entity like Goldie definitely has shades of my grandmother but she is all her own in a lot of ways um Pops is the same way my grandfather you know had certain aspects um he was actually the father in the Ivy Morris mysteries when I was growing up one of the things that we would do too is trade big words and it was always about could we stump the other person mm-hmm. by a big word that I'd found. So in the Ivy Morris Mysteries, every single book has a bunch of different really big words that Ivy is like incredibly impressed with herself 
for trying to stump her father. <laughs> and then they do it back and forth. And so I think, you know, for me, anyway, that's one of the things that actually goes on to my mind map. What is her thing? She needs a thing. Everybody needs a thing. And it might grow. And I might think I know what the thing is at the beginning. But then when I'm actually writing the book, the thing becomes a little something else. I'm open to that. But I think so many people have a thing. And it's something that then it has a through line, right. um, you know, through every book that you write. Those people, people who read Cozy Mysteries generally come back. They love the justice. Don't get me wrong. Right. One of the things that I look at in writing them is this is a game between you and me. I should win as often as possible because if I don't, you're not going to read me anymore. But at the end... You should close that book and go, oh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. If I had just been paying it a little bit better attention, I could have figured that out. Right. And, yeah. But in that, you, I am giving pieces of myself away in these books. They need to be something that people can either find pieces of themselves in or wish that there are pieces of themselves in or they know somebody like this. Because it's that kind of connection, like I had said earlier, that we can make that will make you come back and me be able to entertain you again. Exactly. That keeps us coming yeah. back for more and more books in the series. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I know. I definitely will be for, for this series specifically. Um, and our so our listeners are always very eager for reading recommendations from our author guests. And since okay. you wrote Aram Cozy, I'm wondering if you can give us mm. maybe recommendations for uh, rom-coms and cozies or maybe like one or the other, whatever uh, whatever you sure. feel like. So as far as cozies go, I, it, it's so dependent on who is reading them. I will say that Darcy uh, Wilde is somebody that you should look up if you like historicals. Um, okay. It is a it's a sh- an offshoot Jane Austen kind of thing. They are fabulous. Um, Olivia Black um, has the killer content, um, and the she recently had one from the record shop. Of course, oh, I'm yeah. not going to be able to pull yeah, up yeah. what that is called right now. I have it over there. I know. I'm like, it's something with vinyl in it. And now yes. I can't think of the full vinyl, title. Vinyl on. resting place. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those are fabulous. Yeah. Um, if you like a little more romance, Miriam Allenson um, has a lady of a certain age who is trying really hard to kind of rebuild life in I think it's in Florida those are hysterical Ellen Byron does the New Orleans she has the they're set in New Orleans Lynn Cahoon uh, also has those are more that that would be more of my recommendation for the cozy mystery aspect um rom-com I really like Avery Flynn for a rom-com if, if you, and no mystery. Um, Jennifer Cruzy is another one. She is just now putting new books out. I think it's been a while um, since she had books out. I think there was some life stuff in there. Her older stuff is hysterical. I mean, like I'm literally laughing out loud, getting side eyes from people in the library because I'm like, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, but <laughs> I just couldn't stop. That was hysterical. But then Ron Cozy's a Miriam Allenson. Another one that I really like is um, Kimberly O'Malley. Um, she's really good. She has the Addie Mysteries. Those are self-published, so I, I mm-hmm. don't know that they're available wide, which would be across all platforms, um, but I know they're available through Amazon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are, those are some great jumping off points for, you know, getting yourself into somebody who you're like, oh, my gosh, now I have to choose between groceries and reading. <laughs> I know. How badly oh. do I want that salad? Not so oh, much. Oh, seriously. I'll read huh? instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the constant reader problem, like too many books to read, but these recommendations all sound fantastic. And I've been adding them like to my TBR as you've been speaking. Oh. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Uh, we're actually, I don't, I don't know exactly where you are, but up in Pennsylvania, uh-huh. where I am, so we're going to be having something called the Cozy Fet. And that's with the Mechanicsburg Mystery Bookstore. Um, and there's going to be a bunch of us. Libby Klein is another one. If you haven't oh, yeah. read her, please take yeah. out a Libby Klein. And also expect to not do anything for quite some time because you're going to be so sucked in that, you know, you can't. Somebody's going to be like, hey, are we? And you're like, no, we're not doing anything. Not I, nothing. <laughs> Stop talking to me. I'm reading. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so the, they're actually going to have quite a few of us in the same spot doing a kind of convention slash panel thing and talking books and author speed dating. And I love that because, you know, as a writer, I also have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I don't get to read as much as I'd like to. Yeah, um, so getting recommendations from people, that's kind of my reading slant now because I don't always have time to check things out on my own. I definitely love the word of mouth. Because I'm like, oh, okay, you like that one? All right, I'll go put it on my TBR. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's nothing better than recommendations, especially from readers who's uh, like yes. who know your taste and will yes. be able to give you good recommendations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It makes all the difference in the world. Exactly. Yes. So I I have to ask, um, and if you can't say anything, we understand, but can you tell oh. us anything about what you're working on now? Sure. Let's see. What am I working on now? Oh, right now I am working on reissuing the Ivy Morris Mysteries mm. um, because they so they came out in 2005 through 2009 and then that publishing house shut down. Okay. So they came out again, I think 2014 through 2017, maybe 13 through 17. And then I just got them back. Awesome. So I'm I'm updating them because, oh my gosh, you're going to get such a kick out of this. So they were originally written in 2005, uh-huh. like the first one, and I'm redoing it. And I was, I was reading through it last night and I, it said that Bella, who is Ivy's counterpart, not, not love interest, but BFF, right. um, that she said that the video store down the street had recently started carrying lots of DVDs, <laughs> which is good because Ivy loves watching movies on DVDs, but mm-hmm. if they don't have a big selection, she might need to look into this Netflix thing. <laughs> this Netflix thing. Uh, I was like, ooh, babe, you're going to have to update that. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> so updating, and then um, I will be finishing out the Renaissance Fair books Oh, and I have one last one to write, and um, it's going to be called Fiddle Me This, 
Okay. And the devil is going to down to Georgia to pick up his violin, except he doesn't realize that Georgia is actually a person. Oh my gosh. And I not love the that. state. And so he's going to get caught at the Ren Fair where she's been hiding for the last 15 years. And it's, I, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that one's called Fiddle Me This. And then I am definitely working on Taming of the Crew um, for the next Wit and Whiskers. So okay. Kensington has actually released me from doing more Wit and Whiskers with them. But I did get the rights to be able to continue the series on my own. Awesome. I just, I love them too much to be done. Yeah. I have. I have too many unanswered questions and I really want to take one for the team again and go back to Catalina Island. <laughs> I know the sacrifices you have to make as I, an author. It's tough. I mean, look, I do my best and I just, <laughs> you know, sometimes I just, I just, you know, I know that how important the research is for you. So I want to make sure it's good. Exactly. Well, and and we appreciate that as readers because it does bring so much authenticity. And you know, sometimes as writers, you uh, get to do those wonderful things and have a tax write off at the end of the year. So that's what I'm saying. I had a I had a beautiful time writing off a golf cart, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, I rented a golf cart and I just got that on my taxes. That's, yep. Let's see if anybody asks why. Why is a golf why cart is this a write off? Why is like, what did you put? You didn't put it under mileage, did you? Right. Right. So well, and there still are many things about Catalina Island that I haven't really touched on. Like mm -hmm. everything has to be shipped there. So, like furniture wise right you're not changing your couch very often yeah and you're you're not you're not going to get most likely big huge heavy antiques because you pay per pound mm -hmm. and that's why a lot of people are fine with the golf carts because if you're going to ship a car over there you pay per pound and if you read two which i'm not sure that you read something fishy this way comes oh yeah it, it okay so the whole if you look at Catalina Island, there are two towns. There's Avalon, which is the one that um, Wit is in. And mm -hmm. then there's, I, it's depending on what you look at. Sometimes it's two harbors, sometimes it's twin harbors. I think it's two harbors is the official name. Uh -huh. That town actually only has 700 people. Oh, wow. Those are the only two towns on the entire island. The rest of it is protected under the conservatory. Wow. Because of different species that are there, different right. flora, fauna, um, you know, all the different animals that are over there. I have a my mom's best friend when they were growing up, she actually tags and tracks animals um, on Catalina Island sometimes to make sure that the population is growing or is not shrinking and that kind of thing. And so, like, there are a bunch of different things that I'm like, oh, what if we did that? Oh, what if we did that? And then another title will come to me and I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> now you just have to keep going. <laughs> That's okay. I find myself absolutely ready to take one for the team on that one too. Yeah. I, I love Wit. I, and it's really funny because when I, when I wrote out her name for the first time, I was like, okay, I want her to be Wit because I really want it to be like a play on like being funny. And so there's wit and whiskers, wit and, you know, mm -hmm. laughter. And then I wrote her last name and I didn't even think about the fact that it's danger with the G and the N mixed up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't notice so that. 
it's Dagner. Uh-huh. And I was like, Dagner, what is, where did I even come up with that? And I was looking at it probably like six months into writing the book. And I'm like, you do realize that that's danger, just not spelled right. 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 <laughs> no, which makes I so much not. sense. Well, that's in the uh, magically suspicious books. I have a, a vampire who doesn't drink blood. And I don't know why, but his name came to me as Dalvon. And I was like, Dalvon, okay. So it's like D-A-L-V-O-N. And I was like, all right, all right. So I'm writing, I'm writing. I'm and Now I'm editing, I'm editing. And I'm like, I do realize that that's no Vlad backwards, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I did not realize that it was no Vlad. And it's that kind of thing. And a lot of authors joke about there being like a cosmic soup above us. Right. And all of the ideas are up there. It's which one do you grab? Which one comes shooting at you? And some of them will come shooting at you and you're like, okay, uh-huh. that's not for me. And you'll just let it go past. And then other ones, you're like, oh, oh, hold on. That's Stay the here. One. I'll make you, let's make some tea, sit down, have a little conversation, <laughs> find out if you're for me. And some people, like there are people who could take the exact same concept. So someone else could write a book on Catalina, which they did. And I can't remember what his name is right now. It's a mystery. It's not necessarily a cozy mystery. We came at it from two very different directions. Right. His are, his are very good too. They're just very different. So some people are like, oh, I don't want anybody to steal my idea. And I'm like, no matter what your idea is, most likely their filter is different enough from your filter right. that you would both write it completely different. I actually was part of an anthology once and it was called The First Line. Every single story, all five of them had the exact same first sentence. How funny. And that was, everything else was wildly different. Uh-huh. There was a space oddity. There was a, a dystopian story. There was a romance. There was a mystery. There was an adventure. And uh, and they all had the exact same first line because it's just the way your brain works. Right. That you're not going to redo somebody else's. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want to do exactly what somebody else is doing, you know, in the same town, running the exact same business. You're going to have a little too much overlap there. But for the most part, I don't worry a whole lot. Although I do, like I said, I do tend to be fringy. So... Callie actually is, she's a cleaner, but her family runs a funeral home mm-hmm. and she lives above the funeral home. And so that's slightly different than most people, you know, are doing. I didn't have her at a bed and breakfast or anything like that. Um, you know, I have a junkyard. Now I'm going to have a professional junk removal person. Yeah. Wit, Wit does have a gift shop though, but she also has a glass bottom boat, which yeah, that's yeah. not, that's not really a normal thing. I didn't just leave her with the gift shop. I didn't give her a bed and breakfast, which I love reading those, but my mind tends to go in a little slightly varied direction. And I try to embrace that as best I can. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it, uh, it makes it very fun to have something that unique that we haven't really seen before um as we're as we're reading as much as seeing some of the the bakeries and things over and over again is very comforting and enjoyable it's also nice to have variety absolutely absolutely yeah 
Well, this has been so much fun. Um, But before we go, I would love it if you could tell our listeners how they can connect with you online and also stay up to date on all of these books that you're working on and when they'll be releasing. (laughs) Absolutely. So the best place to go is www.mistysimon.com. That's going to have everything. There's also uh, um, Gabby Allen. Make sure you spell Allen with two A's, uh-huh. no E's. So A-L-L-A-N.com. And that um, has all of the Gabby Allen information and does have a jump back to the Misty Simon page if you want to read on both ends. I'm pretty much the same person no matter what name you're reading under. My voice is very similar. So I'm not too worried about crossing the streams on that like Ghostbusters. Um, (laughs) I have a newsletter. I send it out not very often. (laughs) (laughs) But and they're usually short and they just kind of tell me, tell you what's going on. They encourage if you want um to interact with me. I do a lot on Facebook. Um, and that's just Misty Simon. If you if you want the profile, it's Misty Simon and it's my face and I have a red light shining up and I'm looking very devilish, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> and then I also have a Facebook page that one's called misty simon and i'm also gabby allen Mm -hmm. um and then if you like a little more interaction i guess i do have misty simon's mary sleuth and that's a facebook group oh awesome oh yeah that's a lot of fun we just share memes and stuff in there and (laughs) i if i have new things i tend i tend to put them in there first right and then share them outside right now one of the things that we're working on which i think is hysterical i always get myself in trouble so i had put out this meme and i just it was just for fun and it said something along the lines of i think we need to start a girl gang of aggressively supportive women if i can get enough people we'll get jackets uh-huh. I was not expecting people to come on and say, I would take a jacket in a heartbeat. Oh, what yeah. are we going? <laughs> Where's the jacket? And I said, I feel like, I feel, right. I said, I feel like the name has to have sassy in it somewhere. I had so many suggestions and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a thing. Uh-huh. And so I, I took them all and I worked through them and I looked through them and I'm like, so many of them were almost there. And then I was like, no, you know what we are? We're the sassinators. Love so it. there will be jackets <laughs> and I'm, I'm making jackets. I'm going to have stickers. I'm going to have coffee mugs. That's um, so cute. I really enjoy that kind of stuff. I, if you are ever online, I tend to make a lot of swag. Things. Uh-huh. I know your people can't see it, but you can. It's a cat and it's a bookmark. Oh, that's so cute. And it says you've been mystified. <laughs> in his on his belly and uh, i also make loch ness monsters that go in the top of your book so only his head his back and his tail mm-hmm. are, are showing i make lens cleaners i just i love that kind of stuff and um so you know i'll share that sometimes i mail them out to people i also made reader passes kind of like hall passes uh-huh. i don't have one with me to show you but basically it's a pass like when you were in high school, to let anybody know that if you want to read, it's whenever, wherever, how about now? Um, you can come back when you're ready, and it's 
signed by me so that lets people know that if they want you to do something other than read, you just wave the reading pass at them <laughs> and they'll go away. I cannot I be bothered. I'm reading. <laughs> exactly. I do have door hangers for the Much Ado About Nauticaling that says, I'm reading. Do not disturb or you'll walk the plank. I love that. Oh. That's so fun. <laughs> I did, you know, I mean, so many people get so many things, but if you can make something that they're like, they want it, as opposed to just taking it, mm-hmm. it can make a big difference. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that's, that's about it. I'm on Instagram too, under, um, at Gabby Allen Speaks. I'm trying to be better with that. I don't often <laughs> understand the Instagram thing as much as I'd like to, but I am, I'm making my kids look at it and I'm like, what should I be there doing you differently? Go. <laughs> because she's 22 and she does all the Instagram. Right, and I'm right. Like, There's got, I've got to have some idea of what the heck I'm doing here. Uh-huh. I don't Twitter. I don't Twitter at all. I never have. Um, so that's, I think I have a handle. I just don't remember what it is. Sure. <laughs> well, look there. It's fine. I feel like we're, we're kind of over Twitter <laughs> for the most yeah. part now anyway. So. Yeah, now that it's not called Twitter. I feel exactly. like I'm talking about Prince or the artist formerly known as Yeah, the social media formerly known as Twitter. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm like, you're just making that so much worse for yourself, bud. I'm just saying. I know. Uh, Yeah. So uh, the newsletter goes out. um, Mary Sleuth, sometimes I put like cover reveals in there if you want to get to see them first and that kind of thing or blurbs. And sometimes I ask, you know, well, what would you do in this situation? Just kind of, it's a community um, where maybe full of aggressively uh, positive women. I and love that. Whatever you want to do, just come in there and get boosted. That's awesome. Uh, well, we yeah. will definitely be staying tuned for news Please. about all of your upcoming books. And I so, I so it. appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. This has been so much fun. Good. Well, thank you very much. I so appreciate what you do. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I I so appreciate that. And listeners, we appreciate you joining us today. We'll be back with another episode of Get Cozy Podcast very soon, so stay tuned. That's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Christy Meyer Books. That's K-R-Y-S-T-I-M-E-Y-E-R Books to stay up to date on all of the mysteries that I am reading and recommending. We'll be back with another episode soon, but in the meantime, happy reading and stay cozy.